This episode is brought to you by Simple Mobile. Tired of being tied down with a wireless contract? Switch to Simple Mobile and stay connected on a powerful nationwide 5G network. Unlimited talk, text, and data starts at $30 a month with no contracts, activation fees, or credit checks. Visit simplemobile.com today. Out with the old, in with the simple. Compatible 5G-capable device and SIM require. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. One month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at simplemobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Carvana. They'll drive you happy. Carvana has purchased over a million cars from happy customers by giving them an offer within minutes. And they can do the same for you. Carvana will give you a real offer for your car within minutes. Then they'll come to pick up your car and pay you on the spot. So to get a real offer on your vehicle in minutes, download the app or visit Carvana.com. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Related Show here on the internet. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lover Tonight, John DeGorio. For today's podcast, I'm going to be doing my 31 Days of Horror, which I'm going to be opening it up to Stanley Kubrick's movie, The Shining. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, I was supposed to do this yesterday, but some things got in the way and I wasn't able to do it. So I'm going to be doing that. And then I'm going to be following it up with another review for my 31 Days of Horror, which is going to be the movie Hatchet. And this movie comes from 2006 and I think that you guys are going to like the review and maybe even like the movie as well because this has a little bit of 80s horror type of flavor to it when you're looking at the whole horror slasher kind of deal to it so stick around for that then I'm going to do another review on a Stephen King adaptation that actually dropped on Netflix and that movie is called in the tall grass and then after that I'm going to be talking about a little bit of movie news with the fact that Eddie Murphy has actually came out and confirmed that Coming to America 2 is not going to be rated R. It's going to be PG-13. So stick around for that. And until further ado, let's go on ahead and get into this thing. So The Shining, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining came out in the 1980s. This movie starred Jack Nicholson as Jack Torrance. And then you have Wendy, who's played by Shelley Duvall. And then you actually have this other guy. Well, I don't know the kid's name that played Danny, so I'm just going to call him Danny. But anyways, when you look at The Shining, when you first look at Jack Torrance, he's actually in the Overlook trying to get a job as a caretaker. And he's sitting right across the desk from Ullman. Ullman is explaining him to him the job of a caretaker, what he has to do as a caretaker, trimming the hedges, taking care of stuff around the hotel to make everything pre- to preserve everything until they actually get back. And then he also tells him a story about what happened with the last caretaker about how he killed his wife and family and then also took his own life in the hotel. So there's that little bit of a horror aspect as well and kind of mur- like a murder mystery as to why he did it, why he snapped kind of thing. But anyways, when we first see Jack in the first five minutes of this film, we actually see him as a crazy person because of the way that he's looking at Ullman. Of the way he doesn't like Ullman at all. He despises Ullman. Just by his mannerisms, the way he looks at him and stuff like that. I like that they actually use that. But I wish they would have actually done a little bit more with his character arc. And I know Stephen King has actually came out and said this. But I'm going to say this too. Because there's just so much stuff when you look at the Jack Torrance character. He's dealing with alcoholism. He's dealing with the fact that he's got... He's abused his wife, and he's also abused his son physically as well. 
and he's dealing with that. And also his past too wasn't so good either whenever you're dealing with his own father abusing his mother as well. And to me, I think that they should have put a little bit of his past in there and also too with him dealing with his alcoholism a little bit and also too why he got fired from the school, which is the main point of why he's even at the Overlook in the first place. I wish they would actually touch on that a little bit more. But as far as this thing goes and everything as a movie... It kind of works in its favor, but having those aspects would actually made it a lot more stronger. And also, too, is I wanted them to actually... Don't forget, this is actually the 80s, so pretty much anything in the 80s is like, bam, there's the character, you actually have your character, you have your plot, you have all these characters in this movie, and now go and have fun with it, and hopefully that this people will actually enjoy the movie. But anyways, I actually like the book and the movie as well and I'm going to get to my positives and negatives in a few minutes but like I said in the book it takes time to build to get to Jack to let him go into that snapping point of going crazy and and it goes by day by day it doesn't just happen automatically that he's he's a crazy person it goes into steps to slowly build on that kind of like with the Joker which I know I've been talking a lot about that but it goes in through steps each and every day of him being haunted by these ghosts, by these people and everything in this Overlook, these demons in the Overlook. And it doesn't just happen all at one time. And I wish they would have actually took a little bit more time and developed it a little bit better. But that's just the way I'm looking at it. But the movie doesn't actually go into his whole character arc, like I said. The fact that he's just a crazy alcoholic that went psycho on his wife and kid and everything... To me, they they should have went on ahead, like I said, draw it out a little bit more, flush it out a little bit more, but that's what they did in the 1980s. They just went on ahead, gave you you what, what they had in the script, and that was it. But anyways, just like in the movie 1408, for example, uh... Jack is battling with his own demons when you look at the child abuse with Danny to him, mentally and physically abusing his wife. Now... In the movie 1408, John Cusack's actually dealing with his own demons in this one hotel room. And this movie, you're dealing with Jack Torrance, who's an alcoholic, that's dealing with his own demons in this hotel. That's in the, as a matter of fact, the ghost is actually using his demons against him and trying to get him to kill his wife and kid. And that is something that really does something to somebody to actually want to go out and... And to me, that... Is kind of creepy. It makes my hair stand on my arm. Just thinking about it. I have goosebumps right now. Even thinking about something like that happening. Where some where ghosts are actually trying to get this guy to kill and murder his, murder his wife and kid. Just so that way they can have their soul for the Overlook. And so that way they can actually be employees pretty much of the Overlook. But another thing too that I wish they would have done... Is the fact there's just so much history within the Overlook itself. You have stuff like racketeering going on. You have the Gambino um, mobster that was in the hotel that got shot. You had all this stuff that happened. To me, I think having the Gambino family mobster inside the story would have been great. It would have been icing on the cake because of the fact that it's going to be like an Italian mobster type of feel to it to where... Whenever he uncovers all the records in the boiler room and everything, 
he actually uncovers the fact that the Bambino family mobster actually was murdered in one of the hotel rooms. I think that would have been cool as a little mystery type of deal within the Overlook. But they didn't go down that route. They didn't do that. But I like the fact in the book they went on ahead and they actually put the different the history of the hotel about how it plays out in the whole entire movie. Well, not the movie, but in the book. Because I believe the history of the hotel is very important. If they just did like little nods here and there, I think it would have worked out perfectly well. They didn't have to overdraw it with the history. But just having little nods here and there would have been great. But anyways, I love the creepiness of the hotel where you have the ghost in room 217. The practical effects for that woman coming out of the bathtub and her and her skin is just falling down. And then she goes over there and chokes Danny and blames Danny blames Jack for putting his hands on on Danny whenever he didn't really do it then he go then Jack goes on ahead and goes in the room and he sees the woman and he pretends that she's not even there in the first place or anything like that because he really needs this job he really needs to go ahead and work on his script and everything else and he doesn't want to lose this job he doesn't want to just leave and he's doing this for his wife and kid and if he winds up leaving, he's going to lose everything that he ever built, everything that he ever worked for. And he's also sober, too. So he doesn't want to leave that behind him or anything like that. So he winds up ignoring the fact that there's a ghost that's naked and the skin is hanging off her her bones and everything. And he keeps and he, they stay at the Overlook. And I like the practical effects for for that scene. And also, like I said, it also made the hair stand on my arm. I love the blood scene on the elevator and when the doors open up and see the hotel flooded with blood. I also like the conversation between Lloyd and Jack at the bar. And Lloyd is the one who's making him drink the drinks the bartender is and everything else. And the conversation between the two of them is really good. The two twins in the Overlook are very creepy as well and will make you want to look the other way. Now, the negatives in this thing is the things that I didn't like are how quickly the movie moves without it being slow pacing. Like I mentioned before, no character arc or anything like that to explain where Jack actually comes from or anything. And I wish that they would actually do that. And even another thing I want to mention too, even the cook who also has the shine as well, who can actually read people's thoughts and he can actually read Danny's thoughts and Danny's the one who actually can read his thoughts. I wish that they would have went into a little bit more of a background about how the cook actually can read people's thoughts, went into a little bit of his history too, but that would have been, during the time, it would be like a two and a half hour movie, and I'm not sure if a two and a half hour movie would actually work back then, but to actually explain his background a little bit more would have actually been a great way to actually flesh things out. But I can see why they wouldn't because of the fact that I don't know if it would actually hold people's attention. But, as I mentioned earlier, he starts off being crazy, Jack being crazy versus him being a guy who's struggling with his own sanity, which is a tragedy. In the movie, in the movie, there's no real change. It's like a bit, like, I'm gonna, now this is a direct quote from Stephen King. And it's like a big, beautiful Cadillac with no engine inside. It ends with him and nice rather than him burning it ends up with him in ice rather than him burning in the hotel due to the gas furnace blowing up and his entity controlling him to turn it off 
And you know what? Another thing, too, that I want to mention this. I would be okay if they went on ahead and remade this movie for the simple fact that this movie is kind of outdated with the effects and stuff like that. And when you look at the Roke uh, hammer and stuff like that, no one really plays Roke anymore or anything. It's not as popular as it once was or anything like that. I feel like if they modernized it a little bit more and then try to connect it in with Dr. Sleep, it might actually work a little bit. But still, overall and stuff like that, it works for during its time period. It is the... Like I said, it is kind of outdated and everything, but it's still a classic film from Stanley Kubrick. And I like some aspects to it, but I also dislike some um, aspects to it as well. The cook's name, before I actually forget, is his name is Dick, and Danny is very is a very is very special when it comes to their shine, and develops, develops a special bond with the two of them with their shine. And that's another thing too. The hotel wants Danny because of his shine, and that it can actually, I think that if he wanted up dying, I think he would have been a huge asset to that hotel. God knows what would have happened if he had that shine, but whenever he died, but you know, I, like I said, I like that aspect. The hedges are even more creepier as well. Whenever Jack is uh, working on them, they creep up on him as he's doing his job and stuff like that. And he thinks that is an hallucination. I like that. But as a whole and everything, I like aspects, but there's some stuff that was kind of flo- uh, kind of choppy, kind of sloppy. I didn't like uh, Wendy's character. I didn't like Shelley Duvall as Wendy. I have to agree with Mr. King whenever he says that she's kind of like a rag doll. And I really didn't imagine her as Wendy in the book at all. But anyways, if you guys like The Shining or anything like that, let me know what you guys think. I'm kind of curious about what you guys think of The Shining itself. Now I'm going to go on ahead and jump into another Stephen King adaption, and that is The Tall Grass. The Tall Grass is based off of a Stephen King novella that's on Kindle. It's only available on Kindle, and I'm sorry, but I don't own a Kindle, so I'm probably not going to even check out the book at all, sadly. But when the movie opens up, uh, where a brother and sister enters a field of tall grass to rescue a boy. But they soon realize they cannot escape and something evil lurks in the grass. This movie is very... Now, I'm going to be honest with you. If you're thinking that you can go do your laundry or anything like that or not focus on this movie and still be able to understand the plot line and stuff like that, you're not going to be able to do that. Because the movie is very confusing if you're not paying close attention to it. But it's like Groundhog's Day plus Happy Death Day plus Edge of Tomorrow equals the tall grass because when you enter the tall grass you wind up in an infinite time loop where you die over and over again speaking of time loops uh, you might might have thought you were in it for a day or two but you could go missing for two months even though it might not feel like two months because you just entered the grass but two months have passed anyways so like i said there's that time loop again to where okay you just entered in that uh, tall grass. You're looking for your wife or whoever it is inside that area, but there's a small thing here. You're in that grass for more than just a day or a week. You're in there for probably two months or maybe a year or longer, and that time loop is just keep on going and going, and meanwhile you're missing an action. Next thing you know it, people are probably going to want to send the cops out, find out where you are, and stuff like that, and 
that's a little bit, to me, I think that would be a little bit confusing for some people that think that they can actually go out and do something. Like, for example, you can go on ahead, cook, and watch the movie at the same time. Not in this case, you can't actually do that. You actually have to sit there and pay attention to what's going on. Otherwise, you're going to be confused and lost. And a matter of fact, I had to go back and rewind a few times because of the fact this movie doesn't really hold my attention the way I wanted it to hold my attention. As a matter of fact, I think this is my, one of the weakest movies aside from Gerald's Game that didn't even do anything for me. It didn't hold my attention at all. I really didn't like this movie. I really can't say I recommend this movie. I can't really say I can't recommend this movie at all. And there's not really any aspects of this movie that I really enjoyed. Everything was really one-dimensional. Everything was like a paint-by-your-number kind of feel to it. I didn't like it. But here's the thing. I love Patrick Wilson. I love the guy. In the Conjuring movies, I like him in Aquaman. But in this movie, I don't like him at all. I don't like him in it. Especially when it comes down to him touching the rock. Yeah, there's actually a rock in the middle of this grass. And in this grass, there's this rock. If you touch it, it actually does show you the way out. But either that power can actually be used for good or it can be used for evil. So based off of what's in his heart, he used it for evil and decides he's going to kill his family and stuff like that. But here's the thing. Like I said, there's a time loop. So So basically, you're lost inside this tall grass and you're being killed over and over and over again. Repeating the same day, same time thing, and you're getting killed over and over again. And what Patrick Wilson did was he touched the rock, he knows the way out, but he doesn't want anyone to escape because he believes this rock is going to be something for peace. He believes that this is going to be the next best thing and stuff like that. And like I said, it's very weak. It doesn't really do anything for me. I know I'm kind of spoiling things and stuff like that, but I... I'm, I really don't think that anybody's going to be wanting to see this movie for me to even bother. But you know what I mean? But if you still want to check this out, go ahead. I'm not going to give away the ending. I'm not going to tell you how it ends. But I'm just giving you little small tips on what to look for. What to actually what you're dealing with when you're dealing with this thing. Because it is confusing. And then, like I said, uh, he wants to kill his family. And also the brother and sister that are lost in the woods, uh, not in the woods, but in the tall grass, who's actually looking for Russell, of uh, Patrick Wilson's son, who's lost in the tall grass, and he, of course, it, it keeps on repeating itself over and over again, and he kills everybody over and over again in the time loop. So, another thing, too, I never really was a fan of people turning into plants or anything like that unless I watch Swamp Thing which is understandable because it's a comic book based character but when it comes down to like experimental stuff where someone's going to be turning into a plant I really didn't like I don't it takes me out of it even in the Goosebumps uh, book Don't Look Up in the Basement I never really cared for that at all I really think that it's sloppy writing it takes me right out of the movie because of how certain aspects certain things are done but Patrick Wilson gets his power and control of the grass, and it gr- and the grass grows out of his hands. He also knows the way out, like I said, because the rock gave him the power to be able to find the way out. This movie is very dry. It doesn't seem to go anywhere, and the ending has been done before. I don't recommend this movie for anyone. And 
you know, like I said, I don't feel like this movie is for me, but hey, if it's for you, kudos to you, but I really don't like this movie, I really wish that I actually shut it off in the first 10 or 15 minutes, but I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm gonna give this movie a chance, I think this movie has a chance of being good, so let me go on ahead and do this, next thing you know it, I'm watching an hour and a half of it, before you know it, it's over with, and even though I understood the ending, some people might not understand the ending, it sucked, and it's not one of the, I'd rather watch Australia with Hugh Jackman than watch this movie over again, but that's just my humble opinion, if you guys like, like, in the tall grass, let me know, send me a voicemail, I would like to actually know if you guys like that movie, same thing with the Shining, Stanley Kubrick's movie, I'd like to actually know about that, so, now I'm gonna get into my other 31 Days of Horror review, and that is Hatchet 2006, This movie came out in 2006, and if you love the old-school 1980s flavor horror movies, Hatchet is the movie for you. It tells the story of Victor Crawley, a horribly disfigured man who was accidentally killed with a hatchet by the hands of his own father. The movie takes place during Mardi Gras, and a couple of friends decide to embark on a haunted swamp tour that turns into a night of them being terrorized by Victor if you love old classic horror actors such as Tony Todd, Robert England, Kane Hodder, get this, Kane Hodder also plays Victor and his father. The practical effects and the gore fest is exactly why you want to watch this horror slasher movie. This movie is filled with cheap junk scares, but you know what you're getting yourself into, especially when you look at the special effects, especially the cheesiness of this movie. And also, too, it is kind of basic if you think about it when you think of the plot line. But for a 2006 movie that actually has a little bit of an 80s kind of flavor to it and has your old school horror actors in it, you're probably going to wind up loving this because of the fact that people are so done with CGI nowadays where it either takes them out of the movie or there's just way too much to even deal with. You're not actually dealing with the whole plot in itself. You're paying more attention to the special effects and CGI than you are the actual plot. With this, if you're into like old school 1980s stuff, I highly recommend Hatchet because of the fact that you actually have these old G's in this movie as little small cameos, but you can actually geek out over this. You can actually get a little bit sweaty over the whole fact that these actors are in this movie. And I love the gore aspect in it. Yeah, it's just there just to be there and everything. I know I said before, I don't like gore just to be in a movie for the sake of being gore, but it depends too on the movie itself. If if you know for a fact that it's just going to be a gore fest of a movie and you know why you're there, then, it, then it's going to sell you. If you're thinking that it's going to be there just uh, for the fact that it's to develop plot, you're going to be highly disappointed in this movie because of the fact that it doesn't do anything with the plot. It just adds more gore to the whole entire movie. So, if you liked Hatchet, if you liked this movie, or if you haven't seen this movie, I highly recommend it. I really enjoyed it. Jump scares galore. Victor Crawley and everything is one person that you don't want to go across uh, come across in the swamp of New Orleans, and I think that you guys are actually going to like it. So, that's my review for Hatchet. I know it's kind of a little short review for that, but still, that's basically what it's about. It's a little basic plot, it's t- and it's kind of like an 80s type of feel to it, and I hope that you guys enjoyed that part. Now, I'm going to jump into uh, the whole fact that coming to America is going to be PG-13 instead of rated R. That's right. 
Eddie Murphy sat down with Cinema, Cinema Blend, and he actually came out and said that Coming to America is going to be PG-13 rather than Rated R. He also said that PG-13 movies make more money than Rated R movies because of the fact that you're not limiting your audiences. But I feel like this. I used to feel like the fact that, you know, making Rated R movies actually limits your audiences depending on what movie it is. Especially when you're dealing with comic book-based characters and stuff like that. But that's not the case anymore. The more and more I see what Reddit R movies, the more movie, the more those Reddit R movies actually make. But Coming to America is not a kid-friendly movie at all. It's a Reddit R movie, for instance. And it came out in the 1980s. I really enjoyed that movie as well. It's a little bit outdated, but the jokes still hit. The jokes are just fantastic. I love what uh, Eddie Murphy did in that movie and the fact that he wants to make this movie PG-13 rather than rated R it goes to show that with age uh, with age and everything that people change over periods of time like when you're young you're like well F this you know F everything and stuff like that shit on this and everything else and then as you grow grow throughout the years and everything you start to mature you don't ever become this I don't give a F guy anymore you become a little bit more chill you become a little bit more laid back you become a little bit more mature with things and as time goes on that what may be right for you that when you first started out might not be what you want to be now on this other journey and to make this movie PG-13 is, is going to make some people kind of hesitant with it. But I think PG-13 movies can actually work if they're actually done right, especially with the humor. But I'd rather it be rated R because that's actually what I was accustomed to whenever I saw the first Coming to America movie. But that doesn't mean that it's going to suck. It doesn't mean it's going to be bad. It's just something that we have to actually get used to the fact that this movie is going to be PG-13 rather than rated R when we actually watch it. But... Hey, at least we have Eddie Murphy back doing his Eddie Murphy thing. And he's back in comedy again. He's even doing stand-up again and stuff like that. I really like the fact that he's back in action. Because here's the thing. I really liked, like I mentioned before, I love the Beverly Hills Cops movies. I love 48 Hours, another 48 Hours. I like Eddie Murphy movies in Trading Places. I like Eddie Murphy as an actor. And even in the first Nighting Professor movie as well. But... You know, over periods of time, you know, you change, you mature, you grow, and you realize maybe Red R movies are not my thing anymore. Maybe now I want to start making PG-13 movies. Even though he didn't actually say that, but I feel like that's the reason why he's gravitating towards PG-13 movies now is because he's changing, he's growing, he's on a different journey than what he was back in the 1980s, and he's on a whole different level now. And we just have to accept the fact that this is the Eddie Murphy that we're going to get now. But does that also mean that Beverly Hills Cop 4 is going to be PG-13 or rated R? We're just going to have to wait and see. But if it's going to be a PG-13 Beverly Hills Cop, we're just going to have to prepare ourselves and everything. Because here's the thing. When Die Hard came out, it was uh, the last Die Hard movie that came out with Justin Long. That movie was PG-13 and look how well that turned out. But... To have a PG-13 Axel Foley, that's going to be kind of different. And I'm not sure if I'm ready for that yet. I would actually have to wait and see if a trailer will sell me or not before I actually see a PG-13 style movie of Beverly Hills Cop. But as for a PG-13 coming to America as well, I'm going to have to wait and see what they actually have for a trailer 
to actually say if I'm sold on this or not. And if I'm not sold in the first trailer, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to go out and see it. I just have to wait for the second trailer to drop so I can actually see a better sense of what the humor is going to be. So anyways, that's how I feel about those subjects. And, you know, like I said, as always, if you want to go on ahead and leave me a voicemail message or anything like that about the show, or if you just have a movie-related question, send that in, too. I'll be glad to answer it. And also, if you guys want to actually donate something towards the channel to make make it better, go on ahead and be free to do so. You guys don't have to do it. It's still going to be free no matter what. But I just thought I would drop that in. But tomorrow I'm going to have my other 31 days of horror I'm not sure if I'm going to do uh, another review or not like that for like going out to the movies or anything like that. But I promise you there's actually going to be a show that I'm going to do and it's going to be movie related. So until next time. Bye bye.